Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, let's get into what can sometimes be a scary topic of differentiation, but I think this one is not going to be scary. I know this one is not going to be scary when we talk about these two strategies with you. But before we start, if you have ever attended a PD on the topic of differentiation over the course of your career, you are in good company because we have done just in the year that we taught together, it was like every PD was about every PD. Yeah. And then in my 15 years in the classroom, I really feel like every single topic was differentiation at PD. And then like with some kind of twist, like maybe it was vocabulary or reading or writing or whatever that month's topic was, but it was always differentiation. Yeah. And it's frustrating because in like, I know that differentiation is so, so important, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't being given actual strategies to me, it felt like time and time again, I was just told how important it was, but then not actually taught how to put that into practice in my classroom, which was super frustrating. 100%. Like I can remember it was always the fourth Monday of the month. That's when, um, in my most recent district, that's when we had PDs and we'd go sit there and it was like a video on differentiation in the classroom. And you had to watch this teacher, you know, doing all these differentiation strategies. And you're like, well, this isn't practical. Like she has an aide in her classroom and all her students are like perfectly behaved. And like, it just wasn't realistic. And I would get so frustrated. Like you can hear it in my voice now (laughs) sitting there on those Monday afternoons. Like this is the waste of my time. Mm -hmm. And like, I kid you not, Caitlin, I feel like you will appreciate this. Like (laughs) the only thing that got me through it is I would stop at Chipotle before those meetings. And I would buy (laughs) myself a burrito and I would buy my teacher friends food. And we would eat it during the PD. And it was like, all right, well, at least I have a good meal out of this. Oh my gosh. That sounds awful. Well, not Chipotle. Chipotle no, sounds Chipotle delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want it now. <laughs> um, so differentiation became, and we all know it still is really a buzzword in education. And like I said, we can all agree on its importance, right? There are so many different ways to go about it. Some of them, like Jessica talked about, seem so impractical, how am I going to do that in my classroom? What's that even going to look like? I don't have the capacity to do that. So today we're going to share two ways to differentiate your ELA lessons with very little effort on your part. And we really mean that very little effort on your part, because quite frankly, we don't have the time to create leveled lessons for every single thing that we do in our classrooms. That's just not practical. You know, we ask our teachers all the time, you know, we'll send out a survey to everybody and we'll ask, what do you, what do you struggle with? And it, time and time again, it's time. 
I don't have time to do everything, right? And so we want to make sure that we can help our students with this concept of differentiation, right? But we want to have it be big impact, but with little effort on your part. So it's like kind of the biggest bang for your buck type thing with these two different strategies that we're going to talk about. But before we dive in, if you're an EB Teachers Club member, just know that you have differentiation built into the lessons that are a part of the EB Teachers Club or monthly issues that come out. So you have the five through fifth and sixth grade version option to choose from, or you have the seventh and eighth grade option to choose from. Depending on the level of your students, if you teach fifth grade and you have really high achievers, you could look at that seventh grade version and still use that with your students. And same thing, vice versa. If you have eighth graders that just need a lot of extra support, you could still use the fifth and sixth grade option because the standards are very, very similar kind of across those grade levels. The other thing that we did in our EB Teachers Club for those of you who are EB Teachers Club members is you have that beyond the bundle section of each monthly issue that you receive. So there are super simple adjustments and suggestions that we've made that you can make to these lessons that we've provided for you to either make them easier for your students and provide more support or to increase the rigor and really kind of amp things up for those students that need the extra challenge. So if you've been curious about the EB Teachers Club, it's our community of middle school ELA teachers from around the world, not just in America, but we have teachers from around the world. We took a survey. I think 10% of our teachers are non-American. So I think wow. that's super cool. So cool. Um, and our goal in the EB Teachers Club and all of our teachers have the same goal, and that's to provide students with rigorous and engaging lessons that help them master the standards all without our teachers having to sacrifice their own nights and weekends to create those lessons, right? We do that work for you so you don't have to. So if you've been in the classroom for any length of time, it doesn't matter if you're a first-year teacher, 20-year teacher, 35-year veteran, chances are that you can relate to nights and weekends spent planning, going down the rabbit hole online, searching for a lesson to meet the standards that you need to cover the next day, only to have those lessons be met with blank stares, you know, your students don't care, a mediocre participation, and you're like, I just wasted all that time for seemingly nothing, right? That's super, super frustrating, and nobody wants to feel that way. We don't have to tell you that searching online for lessons can totally be a time suck. And that's really why we created the EB Teachers Club, so that you can completely let go of the hours spent just mindlessly scrolling online, searching for the perfect lesson. We've taken care of all of that for you through our lessons in the EB Teachers Club. And quite frankly, the fact that you're listening to this episode and this podcast, that means that you have a commitment to your students. You're committed to growing as a middle school ELA teacher. And we'd love to invite you to see what the EB Teachers Club is all about. So you can add your name to the waitlist if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership waitlist. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash membership waitlist. We'd love to have you join us in our community of teachers. All right, let's dive into two ways that are very simple that you can use to differentiate your ELA lessons that are going to take very little effort on your part, but will really, really serve your students in the long run. All right. Number one here, you want to differentiate your writing assignments by batching them in advance. So ideally before the school year starts, or even before the semester starts, you want to determine what are your big writing assignments for the rest of the year. So let's pretend that this semester, I'm going to have my students one, write a response to literature or an essay for the novel Mockingbird by Katherine Erskine. If you haven't read that book, it's really, really good. I did it with my fifth graders. So that's their first assignment. Then another assignment might be they're going to write a response to literature for the short story, Thank You, Ma'am, by Langston Hughes. And then number three, they're going to write an expository essay. They might compare and contrast 
um, two different informational texts. So those are my three big writing units for the semester. So what I would do is I would spend an afternoon creating or organizing graphic organizers for those three assignments. So if you're an EB Teachers Club member, you would most likely use the response to literature graphic organizer that you have access to in the club, right? And if you're not an EB Teachers Club member, you can absolutely do this. You're just going to take the time to map out what you expect of your students in each paragraph of those response to literature essays or that compare and contrast essay. So basically I would be creating an outline. So I might put, okay, introductory paragraph. I want my students to have a tag, a title, author, genre sentence. I want them to have a summary of the text and I want them to have a claim. And I would continue doing this for all the paragraphs, the body paragraphs and the conclusion for that essay. So basically I'm just outlining for them what I want them to include. And that becomes their basic writing graphic organizer. Then what I do is I take that graphic organizer and I make a version two. And this version might be for my students who are really still developing their writing skills. They need some extra support. So what I might do this time is in that introductory paragraph section where I said I wanted them to have a claim, I might add like a little side note next to that that says, this is your answer to the essential question. Make sure that this sentence is arguable. And I put like little hints throughout the whole graphic organizer. So that becomes version two. And then I might make a version three of that graphic organizer. So same outline, the tag, the summary, the claim, whatever I want to include, but this one might be for my advanced students. So I'm not going to probably have helpful hints on here. Instead, I'm going to really give them um, an opportunity to apply some more advanced concepts. So I might say, okay, you need to use two academic vocabulary words in your body paragraphs, or I want to see one compound complex sentence and highlight it when you use it, use three vocabulary words from the novel we're reading, whatever it is to kind of elevate their writing. And you get the idea, I think there. Um, so now I have three different versions of a response to literature graphic organizer, and I can use it with any RTL for the remainder of the school year for any novel we're reading. And what I'll do is I'll just pass out the different versions of that graphic organizer to my students. So if Caitlin is like my high achieving student, I can just easily give her that more advanced graphic organizer and she can look through it and say, okay, I've got some challenge stuff on here. And she doesn't know that Daryl, I'll use my husband's name, that mm -hmm. he needs some extra support. And I gave him a graphic organizer with a lot of helpful hints on it. Mm -hmm. So students can still be reading the same text, but then their differentiation comes in the actual writing assignment itself. Yeah. And the beauty is, is once you do that once it's done, yeah. you don't have to do it again. You could use those same graphic organizers for years. Right. And the other thing that you can do is for each story that you're using them with, you could make a small adjustment and have the response to literature. I'm sorry, have that graphic organizer be specific to whatever text it is yeah. that you're doing. Um, so the beauty of this is threefold one you've prepped it in advance, right? So it's not taking up your time during a busy school day. You're not doing this, you know, at the last minute and you have it over and over again. Right? So two, that brings me into my second point is that you can rinse and repeat this 
for writing assignments throughout the school year. You're not doing it again. And then number three is that your students are still working with that same text, right? Whatever it is that you're teaching in your class. So you're not dealing with multiple books or stories or different topics. You're able to differentiate effectively while keeping things simple. And Jessica mentioned, if you're an EB Teachers Club member, just use our editable graphic organizers that you already have, and you can just make small tweaks specific to your class. So that's number one. What's number two? What's the second way? Okay. The second way it's still very little effort, but it does have big impact. And what you're going to do is you're going to pass out an evidence tracker before you read any novel or any short story, or really any text that your students are going to be studying if they need to find evidence from it. So if you know, you're going to have your students write an essay, eventually you're going to use an evidence tracker at the start of that unit. So just like with the essay graphic organizers from strategy number one that we shared, you want to prep your evidence trackers in advance for all your literature units. So EB Teachers Club members, again, you have access to evidence trackers. You can just download those um, from your resource library inside the club. But everyone else, if you want to make your own, you absolutely can do that. What you would do is you would write out your essential question for the text that you're studying. You'd put that at the top of the piece of paper, and then you'd have three different columns that students are going to write in. One is for your premise or your reason. The second column is for the evidence from the text. And the third column is for the justification. So as students read, they're going to be searching for evidence and then they're writing it down on this evidence tracker so that they have it at the very end of the unit when they go to write their essay. So again, what you can do with these is you can differentiate your generic evidence tracker, and you can add more support for students who need it. And you can add more of a challenge for students who are ready for it. So you create version one of that evidence tracker with those three columns that I just mentioned. Then for version two, with the more support, what you can do is you can add in some of the premises yourself. So you come up with some of the reasons that answers that essential question. So you direct your students to certain page numbers in the book or in the text that relate to those premises. So you're kind of giving them a little jump start. They don't have to come up with the reason, they have to find the evidence, but you've narrowed down the page numbers and then they still have to come up with the justification. Why does that evidence make sense? So I really like that one. It just, it's super simple. Again, you can use that year after year if you happen to use the same text. Yeah, and it doesn't require much effort, right? On your part, you're prepping it in advance. Um, It's just really helpful. We wanted to keep this episode very simple so that you could actually go do it right with these two helpful hacks for differentiation. It keeps it manageable for you. And I don't know if this happens to you, but I I think it's just a human nature thing that when we're given too many things to think about, we actually don't do anything. We become overwhelmed and it's actually, it's called decision fatigue, right? It's something that if we have too much, we're like, oh, we're just not going to do any of it. Right. And so we won't, we don't want to do that to you. We don't want you to end up doing nothing. So these two principles, these two concepts, you could very, very easily do tomorrow. You know, you could be listening to this episode the day it airs on Tuesday. And tonight, when you go home, just set up your evidence tracker. It's super simple. And now you have it for the rest of the school year for any text that you're going to be doing with your students. Same thing for making those differentiation aspects to your graphic organizer for your responses to literature or any essays that your students are writing. Love it. So our hope is that you try one of these simple hacks with your students, right? We want you to see what a difference it makes because like Caitlin was saying, we get overwhelmed by all those choices. And that's what happened in those PDs that I went to on those fourth Mondays of the month. Mm -hmm. It was just too much. My brain turned off and I left with nothing. And then 
honestly, nothing really changed in my classroom until I tried these two techniques. So highly recommend them. They do work. Your students will love them and you're going to see success in their writing. Yeah. And you'll notice that grading starts to become easier too. It's just an added bonus because you're going to have less time spent writing comments because you put this quite frankly, very simple work in up front to support your students and help them with their writing in your classroom. All right. So thank you guys so much for joining us for today's episode. Next week, we are going to be talking about a fun grammar review for any topic. That sounds like heaven. It's love it. so good. I can't <laughs> wait to chat. All right. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast. If you do decide to use one of these strategies in your classroom, please let us know over on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you at EB Academics is our Instagram handle. Or if you're an EB teacher, pop into the Facebook group and let us know how it's going. Or if you need any support, extra questions, what have you, you can ask us over in the Facebook group. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week to talk about grammar. Have a good day, everyone.